Join me in the prayer for illumination. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our message today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2. Hear these words. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages. As the Spirit gave them ability, now they were devout Jews of every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all of these speaking Galileans? And how is that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jew and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own na languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what is spoken through prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in heavens and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day, then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Uh, the sun to darkness and moon to blood is the name of my next metal band, just to be. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, I have a question. How many of you in here are multilingual? Like you can speak multiple languages? Cool. <laughs> um, oh, no, we have, go ahead. Look, okay, cool. What, okay, what language, what other languages do you speak besides English? I don't even know what those are. <laughs> A little bit of what? Amharic. Oh, Afrikaans. Okay, okay, I have heard of that because I once, uh, a long time ago, read a book about apartheid that had that in it. So now I understand. Okay, wow. Uh, okay, that's amazing because, uh, like, I got like a little bit, a little itty bitty bit of Spanish. And then, oh, holy cow, I haven't even done it since high school. Ich habe drei Jahren von Deutsch gelernt, which is, I took German for three years in high school. And I, that's all I know how to say. <laughs> like that and yes and no. Uh, someone asked uh, a German person, well, what's the square root of 81? And they said, nine! <laughs> Anywho. Um, so here's the thing. What? Why, why do we learn new languages? I think learning new languages is fascinating, but why? What are the, what are the purposes of it? Um, 
maybe like job opportunities, right? Like there's a, there's a new job coming up and like learning a different language. I know if Mike Moreau were here, uh, he knows all about that. <laughs> um, let's see, what else? Uh, maybe travel. You're going to a new country and you want to learn a little bit of the language, speak a little bit of Italian if you're going to Italy or something like that. But I think all you need to do to speak Italian is just go like this a lot, right? That's all. <laughs> Um, maybe for a little bit of romance. Ooh. <laughs> there's, a, there's all kinds of reasons that we could learn a new language. Um, now, here's the thing. With, with German, you could probably plot me down in Germany and I'll like, figure my way out. Like I can like, find an airport or something like that because I can like, read enough. But I'm, not, uh, I'm definitely not a German speaker. I don't qualify as that. Uh, language, however, is an essential part of every culture. It's, it's not only that I don't really know German. The problem is that there are certain ways of speaking it that I wouldn't really understand, right? Unless I studied the culture, or unless I was dropped into it. Also, I forgot about this too. So, I'm so there's some kind of effort, right? There's some kind of effort that takes to cross into a new culture or new language. Like you can't just be like, hmm, I've osmosis how to, how to understand this language. That's not how it works. It always takes some kind of work, some kind of effort to cross into a new culture that can solidify the knowledge of that language. This is, so I love this. That's fascinating to me. The passage that Sarah read to us about Pentecost actually really got me into thinking about this more. So we're going to take a look at this Lucan passage. Lucan? I, that's, that's weird because that means of Luke. Like Luke wrote it, and it's called Acts, not Luke. But here's the thing. If you've been following along with uh, Josh's sermon from previously, then you know that the Acts is actually the second part of Luke's gospel. That Luke has Luke, the gospel, and then Acts, and they actually go together. They're written by the same author. Uh, so there's uh, that's interesting because the way that Acts starts off is first by the ascension of Jesus, and then immediately followed by Pentecost. And Pentecost is this, uh, you know, this experience that we have in the Christian church where we celebrate kind of the start of the church or the coming of the Holy Spirit, but it even had roots back further than that. But we'll get there in a second. When Luke is telling this story, he's telling a continuation of the promise of the Holy Spirit, which Luke's gospel has Jesus promise the coming of the Holy Spirit back in Luke chapter 24, 49. So, this is just par for the course. Luke said, Jesus said this is going to happen. Now it's happening. <laughs> the Holy Spirit descends in a tongue of flame on the top of the disciples' heads, like Peter did a good job of describing to the kids. That's hard to imagine. Well, it's like this, right? Like, it's almost as if these candles, you know, the tongue of flame kind of looked like that, almost like these candles are here for a reason, maybe to like remind it. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? So it kind of looked like that, but then it just like sat above their heads, which um, I've never seen before, but uh, I imagine it would freak me out ever so slightly <laughs> to see something like that. Now, when that happened, the Holy Spirit descended and there were tongues of fires on the disciples' head. They all started speaking the gospel in different languages. And when they did, people started listening. It was strange. It was foreign. It was odd. It didn't make sense because at that time, the Jewish people were in diaspora. Diaspora is a fancy word for kind of all over the place, right? So the Jewish people, God's chosen people, had for like the last 400 years have had their home taken away from them. They'd been sent into exile. Their kingdoms were divided and then split entirely and didn't really exist. They were captured. It was um, not a great time. Not a great time for the Jewish people. So 
Now, they come back to Jerusalem to have this experience of Pentecost, which was not just a uniquely uh, Christian thing. This was a celebration of 50 days after the festival fields. So there's an actual celebration that's happening, and all of the people of God's chosen people come back to Jerusalem to celebrate this, because what's in Jerusalem, at least before 70 AD? The temple. And then the temple was destroyed. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? (laughs) Um, Everybody starts hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Proclaimed in their own language. And there, I mean, these are people from all over the place. Elamites, Mesopotamians. There's, there's so far as Crete, right? Cretans are people from Crete, which, you know, <laughs> also not a very nice thing to say to people. But Cretans are people from just an island that's just south of Greece. So, like, they didn't just get here by being like, oh, let's take a little stroll down to Jerusalem. Like, they had to get on a boat and go all the way across the Mediterranean Sea, which is like the central hub of all of the economical, uh, economic industry in the ancient Near East. Big deal. Huge deal for them to travel to get here. And all these people are here. And it is in this moment where all these cultures and all these people are gathered together that the Holy Spirit descends. One of my favorite passages of all of Scripture, I have multiple of them, but this is one of my favorites, is those people who start healing these, hearing these different languages, they start to come up with excuses for why this could be happening. And uh, my favorite one is, well, people think that maybe the disciples have had a little too much of the spicy grape juice. <laughs> and Peter, of course, refutes that by saying, no, 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 it's only 9 a.m. Because that stopped everyone before. Uh, <laughs> So Peter then continues and tells them, uh, the prophet Joel prophesied that this would happen, which, by the way, this comes from Joel 22, 28 through 32, for those of you following along at home. Uh, The prophecy is that people will begin to see signs, visions, dreams, portents, which is another fancy word for signs, or omens, when God's spirit is poured out. Okay, so that's a summary of what's going on here in this text. Basically, the coming of the Holy Spirit brings about a huge shift in the disciples' role in the world. They become spokespeople for the gospel of Jesus Christ to people of all languages. And, which you don't get to see in the text, that the church grows because of it. 3,000 people added to their number. How incredibly inspiring. Now, there are about 16 to 17 to 1,000 different sermons that you could come up with from this passage. Um, And today I'm going to give you my take. I asked you all earlier about being multilingual, yeah? Um, I actually had a really funny conversation with someone that I respect in this church a lot. Um, I was talking about how sometimes it seems like, it seems like, yeah, it's not really sexist. Men and women have different modes of communication typically. Yeah, maybe, a little bit. They kind of end up talking past each other. I've found this in my own life sometimes. Um, I was having a particularly difficult uh, conversation in that area. And uh, this church member said to me, that's because you're speaking different languages. I was like, oh, great. (laughs) Now you chuckle. And I know you're chuckling because it happened to you. (laughs) A good illustration of this here. Here's an exchange that may or may not have happened in your house. I do not, I have not bugged your houses. I do not know if this actually happened. But uh, here's here's what it'll go. Uh, Someone, um, perhaps uh, the mom or the woman in the house will say, uh, the trash is full. (laughs) <laughs> I told you, I have not bugged your homes. And uh, usually, uh, I can tell you as a boy, this is what I hear. I hear, that trash is full. And I go, huh, boy, howdy, it sure is. 
<laughs> How about that? <laughs> and then I just continue on doing what I'm doing because uh, I wasn't asked a question. I wasn't told to do anything. It's just, that's a fact. Well, how about it? But uh, well, I think what's actually being said is like, um, that trash needs to be taken out. And, and I think you need to do it. <laughs> and that's no one's fault. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Language is hard and communication of needs is not exactly high on society's educational list. These things happen. No one's to blame. But what we need to do, and what my, uh, this person was saying, was we need to learn to be bilingual, to hear things and to ask for clarification. Now, of course, this is maybe a bit of an exaggeration for some people, or for some of you it might be right on the nose. <laughs> Because not everybody talks like this. Sometimes people have learned that they need to communicate in a different way. But we all know that we speak different languages with each other. People have inside jokes. Age differences lead to different conversations. And uh, all these things lead people to not really know what we're talking about. Th this is my favorite thing about my job, I tell you. I love being a youth pastor. It's my favorite thing in the world. Uh, because parents will say things to me like, what does my kid mean when they say bet? <laughs> I don't understand what that is. Uh, there's a certain element of my job that leads to knowledge of current trends and lingo and banter. Like, I have to know what these things are. Otherwise, I'm not speaking of the language of the people to whom I minister. So I need to know what sheesh means, even though, like, people are looking at me right now like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you just did that. But I did it. Sorry. Get over it. Because <laughs> um, when someone does it, ironically or not, because yes, I get that it's deeply ironic, but I need to know that that means something. That means that something is like usually outstanding or incredible or attractive. It's like, oh man, that's, that's pretty. Uh, back in my day, they said rad. Yeah, that's, that's not a word that we really use anymore. <laughs> um, I remember using sheesh in a different context too when I was a kid. It was like, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. So now I'm like, oh, it's back. But it means something different. It means something different. But that's the interesting thing about language. It's constantly changing, it's shifting, and it's molding to communicate what people need or what they're trying to say. So with the rise of the internet, and especially after a year of living through COVID, the communities in which we are a part of are not just bound physically. They're not just here at church. They're in the whole entire world. It's crazy. There are virtual communities like YouTube and Twitch and Discord and chat room gatherings and Bible studies and church small groups that happen all over the place, right? People came to our Bible study from everywhere, not just from Chapelwood, not just from Lake Jackson. See, this is a wild time to be alive, y'all. The languages have changed. The communities have adopted their own words that have to do with whatever they're rallied around. And that's normal. We've been doing this for millennia, but the tools are different today. So what does that have to do with the gospel? Everything. See, in the Bible passage, the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples and they immediately start speaking other languages. And these languages draw people to the good news of Jesus Christ. So what is it? The Holy Spirit gives the disciples the ability to speak to cultures that aren't inherently their own so that those cultures and people can know the good news of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit makes the disciples multilingual. 
if evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit is the ability to speak to other cultures and proclaim the good news in their own language, what does that look like for us? The way that I do this personally is in my hobbies. Um, I really like board games, if you haven't been able to tell. <laughs> if you've known me for three years, you've probably figured that out. <laughs> there are places in this world where you can go that are, there are walls filled with board games, and you can just pluck them off and play them with people. Some of my favorite places. <laughs> in the pre-COVID times, I found myself going to these places, sit down with strangers, and play board games with them. And while I was doing that, it usually came out that I worked in the church. And then the conversation would usually shift, because as we as pastors have set up here before, they immediately start thinking about how many cuss words they say. (laughs) Which then leads to a great discussion about the good news of Jesus, that speaking the language of the people you're with is actually a draw to the gospel. That just because you say a cuss word or two at a board game cafe does not eliminate you from God's love and presence. So understanding board games and the joy that they hold, uh, by doing that, I was able to have a different conversation with people about Jesus. That's multilingualism. And that's good news. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Causes disciples to speak a new language. What does that mean for us, then, as disciples of Jesus? I've heard this from a few people in the congregation just over the course of— just all congregations, all right? I've been working in the church since I was like 16 years old. So I've heard this from a few people. Um, I just don't want to learn a new thing. (laughs) I just don't want to have to figure that out. It's hard. You're right. It is hard. It's not easy to learn a new language. I hear you. Like these last two years have been pretty rough for me personally. I've had to learn a lot a lot of new things, a tremendous amount of learning in a very short amount of time. And I hear you because it can be exhausting. I remember distinctly when someone said something about, you need to learn how to be a better parent. I said, right now, in the middle of COVID, I'm trying to teach my children like at the same time as I also do the dishes and keep my house from falling apart. And we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, can I just pause? for a second and not have to learn something new on top of figuring out all of my emotional well-being, which I've not paid attention to apparently for the last like 30 years. (laughs) Y'all, it's a lot. But the thing that I found out is that as I learned, I was not alone. That the Holy Spirit taught me new languages and was only through the power and work of the Holy Spirit that I've been able to grow, become a more effective parent, become a better person and a more effective minister. So that thing, that thing that popped in your head when I said, I just don't want to learn another thing. Uh, (laughs) Well, folks, uh, that might be the prodding of the Holy Spirit saying, guess what? It might be time to learn. Maybe it's that weird toy that your kid plays with that you don't really understand, but you you feel like, well, darn it. Now I need to figure out what in the world Roblox is so I can figure out what to do with my kids, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to do it because then I can communicate with them in their language. Maybe it's the music that your coworker listens to that you're like, that's stinking nails on a chalkboard. I can't do it. I don't understand why they're listening to this, but maybe you need to learn what that band is so that you can have a conversation with them. Um, perhaps it's your, uh, your friend's mom. They have a new appreciation for uh, jams and canning. <laughs> and you're just like, 
cool. I don't know why. I don't know why you're into that, but apparently I need to learn about that now so that I can have conversations with them about uh, strawberry preserves. <laughs> All these people are people that you know that need to continue to hear the good news of Jesus that all are welcome to participate in the life-giving love and grace of Jesus Christ, whatever it may be. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will give you new languages to speak. College students, you're about to walk into a brand new environment, and the Holy Spirit is going to be at work in you. What languages are you going to be learning so that you too can share the good news of Jesus? Think about that as you're walking into your new campuses. Incoming students, welcome to youth group. <laughs> we are going to talk about new languages all the time. I know a little bit about the language that you're speaking. I mean, I'm 32 at this point. Like, I'm not totally dialed in like I used to be. But I have an idea of what your words mean. So what about the languages that your siblings are speaking? What about the languages of your parents? What about your peers? I know this can be really difficult to hear for everyone in this room, that somehow there's more that we have to do. But that's the thing about Jesus, is that our God is enough. Our God is sufficient, and our God provides. There's a mountain in Israel named that for a reason. God will supply what we need if we learn to surrender to the fiery work of the Holy Spirit. Resistance to God's call is possible, but I'll tell you, it's rather painful. And the alternative is amazing. 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Do you want to see this church grow? Do you want to see Chapelwood grow? Learn and speak another language. The Holy Spirit will be there to guide you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.